Welcome to church. How's everybody doing? Everybody's good? Some of you guys are good. Some are like, woo, okay. Some of you are like, I don't know about that. Y'all may be seated in the house. Well, hey, welcome to Pearl Street Church. I'm Pastor Brent. I get the privilege of leading this crazy place. Amen. And with that, I get to lead some crazy people. Amen. Amen. Okay, yeah. It's good to have you. If you've never been to Pearl Street Church, it is good to have you. We are a church after the unchurched, trying to help them know that uh, there is a creator that loves them. And on our journey, our job and our responsibility is to empower uh, our church to um, grow in their faith and, and the, the righteousness of God that he's designed for them. So, so good to have you. We have open house coming up next month. If you've never been to a Pearl Street open house where we pull the curtain back and say, what's up? You get to hear what we're all about, what we do, why we do it, and uh, it may make a little more sense for you. We're like, ah, makes sense, right? Um, but uh, it's a key first step for you inside of our church to go to open house. So that'll be coming up uh, right after Vision Sunday, which Vision Sunday is on February 14th. I believe it's 15th, 16th. So the 16th, there you go, on that Tuesday night, we'll come in, we serve you, and uh, it's a great time to be here. So that's what we'll be doing on our next month. So we want to see you guys come. Uh, outside of that, we have been in a series uh, called Back to the Basics. And uh, we ha we've had a year that's been a little interesting where it's got us out of a rhythm. And sometimes when you're out of a rhythm, you got to get back to the basics, the fundamentals, right? Fundamentals are foundational. So week number one, we talked about um, we talked about belief and really getting back to a, the foundation of faith and belief and and understanding that God is a supernatural God that can do what he wants whenever he wants. He is not limited by who we are. He is all good by himself to move how he wants to move, right? We think with things that are impossible, he operates in the possible, right? And so uh, it's really speaking to our, our lack of belief maybe and speaking hope to some things that we may, see, may, may see around us that are dead or maybe are sick and, and we just have given up on them. To speak to those things just like Jesus spoke to Lazarus and said, come alive in Jesus' name. Uh, on the last week, we talked about prayer and fasting, and we started our prayer and fast last week. If you are, hopefully somebody in here is doing, if you are a part of Pearl Street Church, you're doing something prayer and fast. You may not be doing the whole Daniel fast, uh, but hopefully you're doing something. But we talked about last week, man, the fundamentals, a basic understanding of, man, we got to pray and we got to fast. Today, I want to talk about our mind, the, the oracles of our mind, the, the, the culture or indoor the environment of our mind. So if you want to take notes, write mind munch on the top of your paper there, mind munch. We've already said mind matters, which I wanted to do. Brian preached about that two years ago, so I did not use that. Mind munch is what we're going to talk about here today. Now, how many of you guys have been in a space and a place before where you could not sleep? You're rolling, tossing, turning, all that other stuff. Me, every single Saturday night, that's me. Before I preach, I'm just like tossing and turning. Heather's like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, I'm about to preach tomorrow. Girl, shut up. Let me... <laughs> <laughs> what is it? You, you have these, uh, these moments in time where your mind just can't remove uh, this, this thing that you are feeling and now you're tossing and you're turning. So the, the, you think about the realm of emotion that would get you to toss and turn, right? You, you meet somebody in the night before and oh my God, you can't wait to meet them again the next day. So, so you're tossing and turning. <laughs> Think about the other side of that, right? You got a presentation tomorrow. You got a high stress environment. You got to do something in your workplace. And, <laughs> you're tossing and turning. <laughs> right? Night before you're about to have a baby. <laughs> Why do we do this? Right? 
That's if you've got a scheduled C-section, right? They're going to induce you. Am I using the right language, Heather? They're going to induce you. Yes. Just trying to, my 50%, you know, I'm an OB-GYN, so uh, just making sure I still got it. <laughs> but there's a wide range of emotion that comes with excitement, fear. These two things that get us tossed in and turn in, that capture our mind, where mind is racing, thinking, what's all going to happen? How's it all going to turn out? I can't get any rest because my mind won't shut down, right? It's the life of my wife in Jesus' name. Life of my wife. I'm just hitting her up. She's in the service, so I get to hit her up this service. But we've been here before. Everybody's been here before, right? Your mind's racing. Things, things that capture our mind. These are the matters of the mind, the things of our mind, the things we worry about, the things that we stress about, you know? And there's so many things that go on inside of life, so many things that we have to process, so many things that we see, you know, on a daily basis, uh, relationships that we encounter, so many things in our life we have to process. You know, I get the privilege of taking care of my children in the morning because Heather's out the door sooner than I am. And, and so I get the privilege. It is a privilege in Jesus' name to take care of my kids in the morning. And the beautiful thing about taking care of kids in the morning when you're getting them up and you got the routine and you're rocking it by yourself is you get to work on patience. <laughs> it is awesome. So on Monday night, I, went, I picked up the girls from school on Monday night and, and uh, Bryn wanted to sit in sister's seat. And I'm like, no, you're not sitting in sister's seat. She's already made the switch three months ago where we had to go through this whole thing before. So now Ellis is sitting up in a little bit higher booster seat, but she's got used to it now. It fits her, okay? It's not illegal or anything. Everybody's like, oh my God, he's like being illegal. I'm not being illegal. She still fits the seat, but it's a different type of seat. So Bryn was wanting to make the switch. And I said, no. So she screamed all the way home. <laughs> and I'm like, Lord Jesus, you know, Right? So the next day when we wake up, Brent already has it on her mind that now as we're going to school, she's going to be sitting in that seat. Now, I like that. I will, I will feed into that because my daughter is smart enough the next morning, two years old, to be like, I'm getting in the seat. I'm beating sister down the stairs to get in that seat. And she gives me that look like, Daddy, you know what's up. And I'm like, girl, I know what's up. <laughs> So I feed into it. I'm like, I put her in the seat. I strap her in. I'm like, you know, we'll work out. And we'll work out, sister. We'll work her out. Uh, sister did not get worked out at all. Sister lost her dang mind. That's what sister did. Sister got in the car and was like, I want my Now, anybody here got some kids, you know when some kids lose their ever-living mind, you know what I'm talking about? Where they, they seriously have lost this thing, Okay. Where they like, ah, ah, they're trying to rip straps that are far outside of their, their realm of strength, right? Nobody can rip them straps. And they're ah, and like contorting themselves and like reaching for the doors that they're going to jump out of the door. Like she lost her mind. So I'm dealing with that the whole time. Like, Lord Jesus, I'm a pastor. I lead people. Patience is a virtue in Jesus' name. A fruit of the spirit that I do not have right now is patience in Jesus' name. So we get to school and we're in the school line to drop them off, which normally is routine. I just unlock them. I can just reach around, unlock them. I'll open the, I'll open the door. They, usually teachers come up and do it, but I'll do it before them and do the whole bit. And they just get out. Not this day. I do the normal thing and Ellis flops out, blah, on just on the ground. And she's just laying on the ground. And Bryn, who has dealt with, she's just looking at sister the whole time because sister the whole time is like, ah, and she's like, okay, I got the seat. What's up? 
you snooze, you lose, you know, I got down first, you know, whatever. And uh, so we get there, Ellis flops out on the ground, and then Bryn's like, I want her hand. Ellis only wants to hold Ellis's, or Bryn only wants to hold, hold Ellis's hand as they're walking in. It's a whole thing. So I'm like standing there. I had to get out and like deal with this whole situation. I'm standing in the middle of the line like, hey, everybody, this is Pastor Bryn here. I'm rocking, killing the game, you know. I, I, I drove away from that circumstance on Tuesday just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I have, like, I got to get my mind right. Like, I am so mad. I'm so frustrated. I got to get my mind right. I got to go lead some people, right? I got, I got some frustration in my heart right now, but now I got to go into a, a workplace and lead and pastor and help people. But I'm over here like, this is horrible. I'm so frustrated, right? And you know this about life. I mean, we all have our own life and our own living and our own existence, our own challenges and our own struggle, things in which we deal with on a daily basis, every single day. You know, I can talk about stories with Heather where I get frustrated. Yeah, I can talk about more. Yeah, she doesn't want me to, but I will. But I can talk about stories as, in a, as a married couple, right? Things in which she does where I'm like, why don't you just, you know, and, and these thoughts, it's just a thought. It's just a circumstance. It's just a situation. It's just one thing that then all of a sudden, the, I, my mind can race inside of these things and be like, she's always like this, and she's never going to change. 15 years of marriage, right? Not that I always do that. Not always. But that's the, that's the reality of relationship. That's the reality of living, right? I mean, we're so many things. Workplace, dealing with dynamics in the workplace, dealing with dynamics of expectation, dealing with all of this, right? Fear, provision. Are we going to have enough this month? Everything is processed, now, the thing I would say, number one, if you want to write this down, either your mind can be a garbage dump or your mind can be a garden. It is your choice. I think it just says a dump, but I changed it last service. So either you can be a garbage dump or it can be a garden. Have you ever been to a garbage dump before anybody? I've had to go like three or four times in my life. I've had to go three or four times. It, sell, it, it smells putrid. I mean, it is unbelievable. That's, that's the right word. Putrid, you never use that until you get to the garbage dump. And you're like, yeah, that's putrid. I never think of using that word until I think about the garbage dump. The garbage dump smells so bad that when you leave that place, you feel like you need a bath. Even if you didn't even step out of your car, you just open the window, you're like, good Lord, I'm, uh, uh, that, uh, do I smell? Do I smell? Please. Right? It smells that bad. If you've never been, it would give you an appreciation, just an appreciation of the trash that you discard just to go to the dump and give you like, maybe I shouldn't discard so much trash because it is crazy. Now, the thing about trash is when they show up there, they got stuff moving it around, doing all this kind of stuff. I don't know how people work there. You, anybody work at BFI? I'm sorry. I'm just like tearing you up right now. <laughs> I need to bless your life. That's what I need to do. Thank you for dealing with my trash. It is terrible. They move trash around and stuff like that. They, they're dealing with it. And the, and the interesting thing is, is this is the same thing about life, that we all have to deal with stuff. We see things, deal things. We have stuff that comes through our eyes and we have to process the information. We hear things and, and we see things and we, 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 you know, all of it, all of our senses aren't we, and we got to process this stuff. And, and the reality is our mind can either be a garbage dump where we keep all of it, or it can be a garden where we say, nah, this isn't going to be a part of it. We're not going to allow this to be inside of here. We're not going to allow things to be seeded inside of this garden. That thought's not going to take root here. We're not going to allow that to exist inside of this place, right? It's a difference. Now, here's the interesting thing about a garden. Some trash, things that we would discard, can be used as a compost that then creates good soil for good things to grow in. Now, this is the choice we get to make. 
We can say fear is not going to be a part of the oracles of my mind. This is not going to exist inside me, but I will plant that in the ground and be a part of my soil so that faith is always rising up inside of my life. I will be a person that always allows, I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to put greed into the soil of my garden because I'm always going to be a generous person. That's what it's going to be. I'm not going to allow it to exist to take seed and take root. No, I'm going to allow it to be a, a part of the soil that creates the right perspective, the right ingredients for growth to happen on godly principles inside of my life. As Philippians would say, this is what we must do inside of our lives. Philippians 4 would say it this way. Let me get to it. Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verse number 4 says this, always be full of joy in the Lord. It's a key instruction that Paul has given to the church in Philippi. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember, the Lord is coming soon. So in perspective of the reality in which you live in, let the joy of the Lord be upon your life. Verse number six, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So here's a key thing. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then, so on the other side of doing what is necessary to create the product of what ultimately you need. As you go to him with your worry, then he will come to you with his peace. And that peace not only guards your heart, but it guards your mind. We live in a world where it's very easy to begin to worry. It's very easy to get caught up in anxiety. Oh, variables. I just don't... Uh, I would say it this way. Simple prayers handle hard problems. Simple prayers handle hard problems inside of our lives. These things that are you know, tossing and turning about inside of our life, things that we have not been able to sleep well in you know, uh, with for, for four or five years, now we're stepping into a realm that we got to be careful with. We're, we're, maybe we're not doing what God has asked us to do, and we are living a life now as a knower of the word, but not a doer of the word. And here today, we are existing in a frame of mind that maybe we can handle our issues when in reality saying, God is saying, bring it to me. Bring me your worry. Bring me your anxiety. You want peace inside of your life. It's going to be coming. It's going to be by coming to me and giving it to me. Now, here's the gardener. The gardener realizes the, the responsibility that they have. The gardener says, my responsibility is to plant good seed and have good soil. And with that, then God produces ultimately the fruit inside of my life. The gardener says, hey, worry is not going to be a part of my life, but what, what I do, what I will do is create a soil of appreciation around negative things and say, that's not who I am. And through that, only the good things are going to flow up inside of my life. So this is the deal. Some of us are praying for miraculous prayers for God to change things that are about like our, in our responsibility. God, I'm so stressed out and so anxious every single day that I go to work. Oh, if you are existing in a place where you are stressed out of your mind and worried and anxious, you can't sleep at night because of the workplace you are in, maybe it's, time to maybe it's time to change the workplace because your talents are not giving you the confidence to be effective in that workplace. So your prayer isn't, God, you know, just change the workplace. No, it's God provide a new workplace where my talents and my gifts can be used effectively. 
it's my responsibility to recognize what's outside of my ability, right? That's the prayer I need to pray. I need to pray, God, empower me. Now, maybe the other prayer of that is, God, give me the ability to perform properly inside of this workplace that I'm not always dealing with fear and anxiety and stress and all that other stuff, right? It's understanding the gardener knows I got to do the right thing. I got to operate properly inside of a marriage. I, and I, I deal with marriages a lot. Marriages, I have a responsibility to do something inside of this relationship. It's 50-50 in this. But oftentimes I have people come to me and say, Pastor, uh, so-and-so is blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Now what do you need to do? Because here's the beauty. You can only change you. You as I got a responsibility to love. I got a responsibility to respect. If you're a man, you got a responsibility to love them as Christ loves the church. If you are a woman, you are called to uh, respect them. Respect the man. Respect the position of the man. Each of us has a responsibility. Now, the other side of that is, God, I pray. Because there's, there's challenges in which marriages walk through. There's missteps that happen. So you walk through that side and say, uh, I have some responsibility in this. And then on the other side, my prayer is, God, I'm bringing you this situation, this circumstance. God, will you, sh will you, will you soften their heart, God? May, may, you, may you open their mind to see that I'm not uh, a product of my past, that God, this one infraction isn't who I am. Now you're praying for God to do the supernatural thing in them and not waiting for a miracle to happen because you're not changing. God changed them because, you know, I don't want to change. No, I'm going to be responsible for what I got to do. The gardener understands what to do, how to, how to carry these things. The gardener understands what to, what to you know, be uh, conscious of that needs prayer and then what is my responsibility to change inside of me to change the dynamics of the situation. A good gardener is going to understand those dynamics. What is needed? Now, why I'm so concerned about this this is why I'm concerned about this. Matthew 6, out of the words of Jesus, he would speak to us about worrying. And he says something inside of here that is very, it's very concerning to me because we live in a world where a lot of believers exist within worry and anxiety. This is what Jesus would say in Matthew 6. Matthew 6 would say this in verse number 31. So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? What is Jesus saying? Don't worry about the natural things. Don't worry about these things. Don't get your mind caught up inside of these things. He goes on to say that these things dominate the thoughts of? These things dominate the thoughts of? Unbelievers. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Verse 33 or moving on, he says, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give uh, you everything you need. The minds of unbelievers are consumed by worry on natural things. God, can you do this? Can you do this? I don't know if you can do it. Oh, God, you're not gonna come through. You're not gonna provide. God, 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 God. What does it all come down to? A life of worry is an individual that truly does not trust. When I go to a mechanic because my car has an issue, I'm going to them because I trust they have the ability to deal with the situation. After I deal with my taxes, after Jan uh, April 15th, there we go, I think it's when, 
after I deal with my taxes and I take all my finances to the, the, the tax accountant, I don't worry about my taxes because I truly believe they have the ability to perform with inside of their, their, their profession to accomplish what is necessary. I'm not over here like, I don't know if they did it right. I don't know. I mean, is the government going to come to me? I can't sleep anymore. Oh my God, I can't. I just don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I just don't know what's going to happen. My car, I you know, get back in my car. I just don't know if it's going to work. I mean, this guy worked on it, but I just don't know if it's going to work. It may break down on me every time I get in the car. Jesus, please let me get to point P. I just don't know if I'm going to make it today in Jesus' name. I don't know if I can't ignore what he's doing. The same reality would be whenever we begin to pray to God towards our needs. If we're the right gardener that understands the oracles of our mind, we know what our responsibilities and then we know what God's going to do. Yeah. And then the moment we pray without doubt, God, you do this in our lives. We want you to move. We want you to show up. This is not something that we can do. We've already done what we can do. We're praying that you begin to move in this situation. What is this now doing? It's putting full faith that you have the ability. You're the creator. You care about me. You love me. You want what's best for me. I fully trust that you're going to do it. I do not doubt why. Because I truly believe you are the creator that operates in the supernatural. What we got to be careful with is what James, the brother of uh, Jesus, would tell us in James chapter one. What he would tell us is this. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, but give, uh, but, uh, who gives generously to all who, uh, without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But verse number six, he says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. So you're asking for something from God. You must believe, but not have doubt about it. He goes on to say this, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Verse number seven, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded. Say it with me, double-minded. That type of person is double-minded in all uh, and unstable in all that they do. I'm going to ask you for this wisdom, but I don't know if you can do it, God. I'm going to ask you for this miracle. I don't know if you can do it, God. God, I'm going to ask you for this provision. I don't know if you can do it, God. What is this saying? And th I hear this from a lot of believers. And Jesus says, hey, worry is the life of the unbelievers. We don't want to be double-minded in here. God can do it. God can't do it. God can do it. God can't do it. We don't want to be those individuals. I'm praying about it. I just don't know if it's going to happen. I'm believing that God can do it. I just don't think it's going to come through. We don't want to operate as unbelievers, double-minded. We want to be God can move, God can do. We're good gardeners. We understand we are planting good seed and good soil. We're, we're tilling it. We're paying attention to it. And the moment we feel a little anxious or, or a little stressed out or maybe we start worrying, we, we, we process what is our responsibility, what is our prayer, you know, what is the process of our prayer, what do we need to do there? And we, we put ourselves in the right place that our garden is full of good things. Our garden is growing with the, the, the fruit of the spirit. That's what our garden is doing because we're managing the dynamics of our mind. So number two, if you want to write it down, mind munch on good things. We're all going to process. We all have things to process. We have lives to live, things to process. We got to be good gardeners to process properly to have a good garden. Now, the second part of this is now it's time to munch on some good things. Right? None of us in here have ever had the munchies, praise God. <laughs> praise the Lord, right? We're all saved and redeemed, amen. But our mind munching on the good things. And you know, you can spend your life munching on all the wrong things and the quality of your life 
is challenging, right? You know, this the other day I was working out and I was getting it and I'm like, dude, I'm, like, I'm having to like, there's sometimes when you work out, you have to like mentally press through. You're like, why am I so tired? And I started realizing, man, there was a time where I was just in a groove and I realized I was juicing during that time. Like I was drinking a lot of juices. So I said, I'm going to start juicing again. I started drinking those juice. I started working out. I'm like, all right. It's something about the oxygenization in your blood or something like that that replenishes uh, you know, your bloods have enough oxygen to replenish your muscles and it gives you more endurance and more strength longer. I was like, oh, it makes sense now. But, but the quality of what I was intaking was determining the quality of my ability. And I think sometimes we don't pay attention enough to the dynamics of what we are taking in. We are allowing garbage in that is now dictating the, 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 the environment of our minds. And we're wondering why we're so stressed out and we're so freaked out and we're, so, we're, so, and we're living in fear so much. Ah. Well, what, what, what are we munching on? What's our minds munching on? What's our minds eating? You know, there's two things in which Paul would dictate to the church of Philippi and then uh, the church in Colossae. He would speak these two things. And, and the first thing is he's, he, he, he indicates to the church in Philippi, get your minds on things, good things. In the natural realm, think on good things. Like, spend your time thinking of good things, right? So it says here in first, uh, Philippians 4, verse number 8, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. You know, it's funny how in life, when we first get something, we can live in appreciation. It doesn't take any effort to be excited about it. It doesn't take any effort to be, you know, to be uh, appreciative of it, right? Like when I first got the Tesla, I'm like, yes, this is amazing. Oh my God, God, you're so good, right? And you got all this natural emotion because you're just, it's awesome. But over time, you're like, it's, it's good. People are like, how do you like the car? I'm like, it's awesome. It's awesome. And I'm going off of memory, not like that natural excitement. Like, dude, it's amazing. Like first week, I'd be like, dude, you got to drive right now. Like, like, get in. Let's go drive it right now. Right? You want everybody to experience it. Yeah. Right? It's these natural things that we have the first year of marriage. It's amazing. Marriage is awesome. You don't have to tell anybody. You're just waking up every day like, hey, what do you want to do? <laughs> you want breakfast? I got you, girl. You know, whatever it is, right? <laughs> things are easy in that realm. But it's funny how over time when we lose that, the, the perspective, man, imagine that job that we got that we said, man, that was an answer to prayer. And then we get two years into the job and it's like, this is from the devil. <laughs> Isn't that funny how we do that? But our memory, we have short-term memory. We find ourselves in a place where in one season, it's a joy and a blessing. In another season, if we don't have our minds right, it's a cursing from the devil. Right? It's a, it's a scary place that we can be. But Paul is saying, no, 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 no. Let the food and the fruit of your life be centered around getting your mind right. You're munching on good things. You're thinking on things that are good. I am blessed. I am highly favored. I live in a great country. God has blessed me with an incredible job. I have crazy kids, kids but they're probably crazy because I'm crazy. You know, God is good, right? You're thinking on things that are good. My, my co-workers are great. I have an incredible boss that values me. You're thinking on things that are good. You're speaking good things out. You're generous with your words, Ephesians 4, 29. You're living a life where, man, the, you're just vibing, dude. You're in a rhythm on thinking on good things, and all of a sudden, it's funny how you live in good things. Right? But it all starts here. You got garbage everywhere. Garbage in, garbage out, is what they say, right? 
But if you get, man, garbage in, but man, the power of God at work, the Holy Spirit at work in your life, you're a good gardener. Man, you know what to discard. You know what to plant inside of your soil. You know how to tend that ground. And you know that God's going to do the miraculous and keep on growing inside. Man, praise God. Put your mind on things that are good. Come to God with your, your worry and then receive peace. Amen. That's guarding the heart and guarding the mind. So there's natural things in which Paul would say that you need to do to get your mind in the right place. The second thing is there's spiritual things. He says this in uh, Colossians 3, verse number one, it says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you uh, died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ uh, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. The first thing you need to see out of here is, what does he say? Set your sights on the realities of heaven. Set your mind, set your sights, set your perspective on the realities of heaven. What is that? It's your saying, dude, I, as it's happening in heaven, let it be here. Man, this is where you can get really heavenly minded. Praise God. You're naturally minded. You're thinking good things. Man, God is good. You're heavenly minded. God is good. I'm saved and redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Man, God loved me so much. He knows every hair on my head that he sent his son down to die for me. Here today, I am justified in Christ Jesus. I got the boldness of God on the inside of me. The same God that died on a cross and raised him from the dead, man, is the same God that has given me the power to overcome life and, and death and, and destruction, all this stuff. The same spirit lives on the inside of me. I'm saved and redeemed. And man, I am empowered to prosper inside of this life. I'm going to think and think and put my head towards the heavenly realm on who I am. I get eternal life in Jesus' name. That is where we put our minds on the heavenly things, right? We have our mind on the natural good things and our mind on the heavenly good things. Garbage in, but a good gardener saying, nah, 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 nah. I'm going to discard that garbage out, but I'm going to till it right. I'm going to get my mind on the right things. You know what the reality is, man? Has anybody ever been to Nietzsche's Mexican restaurant off of Roosevelt? Anybody ever been there before? Nietzsche's. Okay, maybe not. Oh, good. All right. Maybe you need to go. I'll just tell you that mole sauce on top of them enchiladas will bless the Lord. I just tell you, I think somebody got a revelation when they put that sauce together. Somebody was like, I was deep in prayer and God gave me the ingredients. I was like, yes, he did. Yes, he did. The beautiful thing is, is that in, when you are there eating that food, the glory of the Lord is around you, right? You're like, the Lord is good and greatly be praised, right? You're, you get an hour later and that mole sauce hits you, you're at work like, you're like trying not to fall asleep, you know? You're just like tired, that mole got you. Reality is everything's good in the moment. Not everything's great in the long run. Things feel really good in the moment whenever you want to run the course of hating your mind towards another individual. It feels really good in the moment. The Bible says you're murdering the other individual. It feels really good in the moment whenever you're thinking all about yourself and your world and your thing and building your life and purchasing this thing for you and living a life of greed. It feels really good. Ah! Doesn't feel good in the long run feels good in the moment whenever you are wrapped up in a world of lust and maybe you're leading down a road of immorality 
Maybe you're jumping online and looking at all the wrong things. It feels really good in the moment. It's not good in the long run. Those are things where you are sowing improper behaviors and ideas from your mind of desire into your garden of your mind. And those things that take root will absolutely spoil the entirety of your mind. There's a thing that Proverbs says, don't let the little foxes ruin the vineyard. Little foxes ruin the vineyard. The question I have for you today is where's worry and stress? Where are things today that you are trying to, uh, you are dealing with things inside of your life where you're allowing the little foxes to come in and it's destroying the entire vineyard. Your mind is off. Your heart is off. Your living is off. Last thing I'll leave you with is maybe it's, it's time for a renewal. As Romans 12 talks about, we need a renewing of our mind. We need to be renewed inside of Christ. We need, we need his word to wash over us. We need to replace bad ideas with God ideas. We need to replace bad philosophies with God's philosophies, right? Is what, Peter, what Paul would uh, indicate in the New Testament to say, hey, we, we need to take down all of these arguments against Christ. We need to take capture of every thought and submit it to Christ. Get it into submission of Christ. Every thought, take it captive and get it into submission of Christ. So let's stand up to our feet here today. My belief is for us, is that where we live in worry, where we are turning over inside of our life, where we are munching on all the wrong things inside of our mind, that today can be the stop of that. That no longer are we watering a seed that we planted that is of destruction, is of evil, is of sin. But today we're gonna say, God, release us from that. Release us from that addictive behavior. Release us from the pain of our past. Release us today from greed or whatever it is that's taken root that has now completely compromised the entire vineyard of our mind. It has changed the environment. It's changed the realm of it. And today we can say, God, we want to bring this worry to you. We want to bring this anxiety to you. We want to receive peace in this house. We want your peace to guard our hearts and guard our minds. So you know what your situation is. You know what your circumstance is. You know what you're tossing and turning about. You know what you're struggling with. But I know the God and you know the God that can completely help you with the situation. Let's put it on him right now. Let's step into a place of prayer where we can put it on him that he would give us peace that passes all understanding. These guys sing out. If you guys want to sing out and just spend some time right here just for a second praying over your circumstance and your situation and just allow your prayers to get your heart into alignment allow that peace to come in. Yes.
Lord, Almighty God, the things inside of our life here today, Lord, that we've taken into our own hands, that, Father, should never be in our, in our control. God, it was always meant to be in your control. So, Father, we just give that back to you. You are king. You are Lord. You are our leader. You are on our throne in Jesus' name. So, Father, we just give you worry back. No more stress. No more anxiety in Jesus' name. Father, good gardeners are rising up on the inside of this house, God. Peace is stepping into this atmosphere, God, that passes all understanding. The, Father, the peace of your spirit, God, is surrounding our minds. It is surrounding our hearts, God. You are removing us from the fear of a global pandemic. You are removing us from the fear of provision for our families, God. You are removing us from the fear of, 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 of care over our children, God. Father, they are yours. We are yours, God. Release us, God, from fear and anxiety. Give us peace that passes all understanding, God. Father, we pray your power be amongst us and be upon us, God. Father, use us to do what you've called us to do. God, as we live lives of righteousness, focus on the right things. With our mind cast on good things, with our mind cast on, on heavenly things, God. Father, as we walk in righteousness, God, give us the power, give us the ability, give us the grace. In order to speak a message of hope, God, to a broken world. Father, to a stressed out world to a world that has hope only in themselves, God. Father, give us the ability to speak an unchangeable message of truth that, Father, you are the hope of the world. Father, we speak this in faith. Father, we do not doubt, we believe that you can do everything that was said here in this moment. Your will be done right here in this place. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody says, amen and amen. Amen. Amen.